our words say that our marriage, our blessing is of utmost importance to us. But we look at our actions, sometimes we don't treat it that way. Then we should make sure that we do things to further deepen our most precious treasures. Hey, you're listening to the Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to do this marriage thing and experience God in the process. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Let's get started. The other thing we were talking about before we talked about active listening was about scheduling, right? right? And dating your spouse, right? Right. So just to stay specifically from the bottom, just because you're married and your husband and wife doesn't stop you from being boyfriend and girlfriend. And you still want to do fun, simple things as well that will help keep you connected. Just like when you become parents, you don't stop becoming husband and wife. You still want to connect in those manners as well. And so part of that and part of being romantic is going out on dates or doing things together as a couple. The problem is doing that in real life when you have family and responsibilities and work and everything is not easy. You can't be spontaneous like you thought you could do in the past or you did in the past or they see in movies or whatever. So you need to schedule it. And that's sometimes unsexy. Right. It can be if you let it, or it can be something that's really important that you make time for every week. We recommend a weekly date. And even that can be a testimony to couples around you. For example, when I was really active in the movement and I was serving on many leadership teams and committees and had many meetings, everyone knew that I was not available on Tuesday night. And then later we moved our date to Sunday. And so the entire team scheduled their meetings around our date night because they knew for me it was non-negotiable. It was just as important as all of my church commitments was my commitment to our blessing. And actually some of our committee members started to do date nights as well and shared with me how it was spicing up their marriages. Like I said, it was very important. Our words say that our marriage, our blessing is of utmost importance to us. But we look at our actions, sometimes we don't treat it that way. Then we should make sure that we do things to further deepen our most precious treasures. Right. Put your money where your mouth is. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean your dates have to be expensive. So we have very different spending styles. Christoph's family was much more financially comfortable growing up. My family, we were well below the poverty level for most of my childhood and young adult life. And so when we went out to dinner with our five children, I was... 12 and under for uh, a little longer than maybe my physical age. We would go out on the kids eat free night or we would automatically scan the menu for the cheapest thing that we also kind of wanted. But when Kristoff's family would go out, it was because of a celebration and they would celebrate and everybody would get something really yummy and they would spend this special, almost like a family connection party time, enjoying each other's company, enjoying good food, and they didn't have to worry about the prices on the menu. So when we went out on our dates, especially when things were very tense in the beginning, when we were kind of crawling out of our relationship deficit and our finances were also very tight at that point. And we would sit down, I would scan the menu and pick the cheapest thing that I also kind of wanted because I already felt a little bit guilty about spending money on a date. And Kristoff would pick whatever he really wanted, which almost always was the most expensive thing on the menu. <laughs> So that, not always, almost always. So that became an issue of tension that was preventing us from having a relaxing date. So we created a budget for our date nights. We would have a free date and we would have some inexpensive dates. And then we had one 
big push the boat out date a month. And all of our dates would fit into a predetermined monthly budget. So Christoph and I would take turns planning our dates so that we're both eldest children and we're both a little bit competitive. So we both felt inspired to keep our game on point when it came to date night. And free date nights were especially requiring creativity. So I think some of our best dates were free dates. For example, the local community college, which has an open campus that's open quite late at night because they have adult education and night classes, has an amazing art collection, which includes a Monet, a Degas, and a Picasso. And I went to art school. So those, in case you don't know, they're like super big name, brand name artists. And it's a small local community college that we can literally walk to from our house. So we took some delicious hot beverages from our home in thermoses. And we walked all around the campus, which is actually quite large. And we talked and we hung out and we connected. And then we went on sort of a scavenger hunt to find these precious original works of art by these masters. And it was a really great date. Absolutely. So the things I wanted to call out here are, first of all, talking about money is a really important thing because money is going to drive you apart if you don't talk about it. And as you saw from the example not talking about money made our dates almost a net negative. Right. Right. And active listening is how we figured out how we were operating around money and why we were operating that way around money and helped us to understand and respect each other's spending styles. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with someone you love or leave a five-star review because the only way this podcast spreads around is through word of mouth. So a share or a review would go a long way and it only takes like 10 seconds to do. Thanks, back to the show. Kristoff doesn't spend money often, but when he does, it's usually a big purchase. And I will often spend small amounts of money. So really... I'm not necessarily spending less money than him, but I was definitely judging his spending style. And I think it's fair to say you were also judging mine a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. So another great free date that we took is my mom would frequently get lost almost always. She would pass the exit and usually 10 minutes past the exit is when she would think to herself, I think I missed the exit. Also, she was generally running late, so we would leave the house sometimes when the event was supposed to be starting. So I'm like stressed, and my perfectionist self is also socially anxious, so I worry about getting there late and looking bad and people judging me, and already it's going to be feeling like I need to be my best self because I was already the young adult minister and before that the youth pastor in our local church, and then we would be leaving late, we passed the exit, so by the time we were turning around, I was almost like sweating with panic, right? Just this dread and feeling completely out of control, and so I have this thing about getting lost, where I feel very stressed that we may get lost or we might be late going to where we're going. And so I often feel very sort of the need to control our travel when we go somewhere. But Christoph really likes taking his time to find shortcuts and different ways of getting somewhere or being willing to experiment and try the next exit and see if there's fewer lights or stop signs that make it actually faster. And so we picked a date where he planned it and he said, we're going to go adventuring. And that is what he called getting lost. Is what I called it. We're going to go adventuring. So I knew at the beginning of the date, the point is to drive around and just enjoy 
the scenery. So I immediately felt low stress and I felt permission to just take it in and see where the date took us. We started adventuring in a familiar area, Fairfield, just a few minutes from our neighborhood. It's a very bougie, nice part of Connecticut. Okay, because we live in Bridgeport, which is like not the fanciest part of Fairfield County, but Fairfield is like, you know, where they drive the big SUVs. And when you stop facing that SUV, you kind of get like blinded by the size of the diamond on her hand on the steering wheel, that neighborhood. So we were driving around this gorgeous neighborhood, which I thought I knew. And we started adventuring down the street we'd never been down. And suddenly we're looking at gorgeous waterfront and the sun was setting and it was just breathtaking. And on the other side were all these amazing colonial houses from the 1700s. And I'm a history teacher and I love beautiful architecture. And it ended up being, again, one of our favorite dates, cost zero dollars and zero cents. So if you bend your creativity, limitations become a positive thing, right? Right. Say you've got $2 to spend on this date or $5, or you have to do it and be back within 30 minutes, or you know, you have to go at least 15 minutes of driving before you get to where you were going to go, or make some kind of limitation to help you be more creative. And you can definitely have a lot of fun together. Right. And if you're searching for things to do, check out your local municipal website. Your town or county has a website. Maybe you've never been there and they list all the free activities that are available to you. COVID makes things challenging, but not impossible. For example, my brother and his wife enjoy outdoor yoga in the park, which is a low risk activity that they can do together as a couple and they can still get a creative date. And we did do some really fantastic, really high budget romantic experiences I'm not going to cry because I already cried. Christoph surprised me by taking me to a bed and breakfast that I had wanted to go to for a long time and had spent a lot of time researching when my mom was supposed to come and keep our kids over the Christmas break so we could have a romantic weekend away. And it fell through and I forgot about it. And he had kept it in his secret folder, a secret file for later and surprised me by taking me there. On the way there, it was our anniversary. He gave me a jewelry box. I opened it up and it was a little MP3 player. I am very tech unsavvy. So it only had three buttons, which was perfect for me. And then he said, oh, try it on and, and listen to the music. And I thought, it already has music on it? That's amazing. And I thought, oh no, he got earbud headphones and I can't use those because they hurt my ears. But actually they were special with adjustable silicone earbuds and the smallest size was perfect and super comfortable. And I put it in and I pressed play and the first song was a live acoustic version of John Denver's Annie song, which is our song. And I'm already crying in the car and I'm getting smelty just talking about it. Then we get off the exit after driving for ages. We walk up to the door. I still didn't recognize the house because all the pictures I'd seen, it was covered in snow. We walk through the door and there's a special sign just for us. And it said, Lena and Kristoff, welcome to the Timothy Pratt house. And I just, again, was like crying. And I was looking, I was like, I can't believe it. He even chose the room that I picked out as the best room, which was a library with a jacuzzi in it. We went out to eat at this gorgeous Moroccan restaurant. It was amazing. And every time I tell that story, he gets points. We can definitely talk about that. And from the guy point of view, how you can mine more value out of what you do. But what I want to point out right now is that it's really about scheduling it with intention. Right. I could have just said, hey, let's go out on a date. Or I could have said, let's go out on a bed and breakfast for our anniversary. But by intentionally making it better and better, little twists 
impacted, compounded the value of that date, compounded the value of that anniversary so much more beyond what it would have been if I just put in the minimum amount of value, the minimum amount of interest into it. And again, if you say that your relationship is the most important thing, then we need to act on it that way. So we're running a little bit later than we thought we were going to run. So we want to go right into the art of kissing. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, so, sorry. So I wanted to seed things a little bit more for later on and say, just like scheduling romance is important, scheduling sex is also really important too, especially when you start having kids. You don't have that spontaneous sex anymore. So in the same way, scheduling things that are important to you is really a necessity. And very valuable and can add so much to your relationship. And you don't have to schedule every sexual encounter, but if you're in a rut or if your passion has dwindled and you want to rekindle and reignite your relationship, scheduling sex once a week uh, might be a great way to do that. On average, couples do married couples have sex twice a week and Christian couples have sex once a week. But either way, married couples have more sex than unmarried couples or single people. So that whole myth of when you get married, the romance dies is just that, a myth. But if you schedule sex, say, twice a month and let the other two times be spontaneous, or you schedule sex once a week and let the other weekly time be spontaneous. So you don't have to schedule every encounter. And if one of you is sick or having a really difficult day, you can choose together mindfully to move it to a better opportunity. You don't only have to have sex in your bed, you don't only have to have sex in the evening or at night. In fact, that might not be the right time for you if you're both busy and tired or if you have conflicting work schedules. But the main point is to be mindful and intentional about it and keep your sexual relationship on par with all the other important aspects of your relationship, as important as your communication, as important as your family finance, as important as your commitment to parenting can be your commitment to having a passionate, God-centered love life. Hey, if you want to improve your relationship or take your sex life to the next level, well, you're in luck because more than 70% of couples that take our love and integrity course said that the quality of their sexual relationship improved after joining the course. Sounds good? You can join the program today with your spouse or just take the course by yourself at loveandintegrity.com. See you in the next episode.